you drive around Lubbock long enough, you'll find yourself on one of its brick roads. Your first thought might be how terrible they are to drive on, but those same brick roads have been there for over a hundred years and are a part of the city's history. There is a surprising and rich history behind our charming little brick roads, and after learning a few things myself, I see those roads in a new way. The story of Lubbock's brick road starts a hundred years ago, in January of 1920. Lubbock was 11 years old, and the city was growing fast thanks to cotton and cattle. The biggest problem for the city and its citizens were the roads, because there were none. By this time, the rest of the country had roads, and they were living in what must have felt like the future. They were buying electric devices like washing machines and electric razors and vacuums and buying cars for the first time. But Lubbock was far behind. It was common for people here to burn cow chips to cook and keep warm during the winter. For those who don't know what cow chips are, Google it. The earliest records and photos from this time can still be found in the Southwest Collection at Texas Tech Special Library Collection. We'll have a link to that in the show description. Anyone from Lubbock knows the weather can be vicious here. Imagine how bad it must have been a hundred years ago. In an attempt to become a legit city, the council accepts a bid from the Panhandle Construction Company of Plainview, Texas to pave the first roads in January of 1920. The actual bricks themselves came from Thurber, Texas, a town 20 miles southeast of Fort Worth. Thurber was a business town that only existed as long as the oil and bricks flowed. In fact, by 1932, the city had moved on. The bricks they made were used in many other projects around the state, like the Galveston Seawall, Congress Ave in Austin, multiple highways and streets. If you're ever in the Fort Worth stockyards, check out the brick roads that are still in place from 1917. In six years, the Panhandle Construction Company had paved 11 linear miles in Lubbock, and those bricks were made until 1982 when the city decided to remove them as part of a renovation project. In 1982, the city council agrees to replace the bricks with asphalt, but they want to keep the original bricks from 1920 and use them to make sidewalks. So, if you're ever in the depot district having a drink, or you're at the municipal court building paying a ticket, or you're just driving down 19th Street, Check out the sidewalks. Those are the same bricks that were laid by the Panhandle Construction Company from bricks made in Thurber, Texas in 1920. Imagine what, what they would have looked like in the middle of the street. I think that's pretty cool. In 1982, the city set up a commission, the Historical Preservation Commission, and labeled the roads a historic landmark. So if any changes are going to be done to the roads by anybody, it has to be approved by this special committee. Brick preservation is still a priority today. Now this is a part of the show we like to call Karam Pays His Bills. I know nobody likes ads. You don't like listening to them. I don't like doing them. But we are literally fighting to keep the lights on over here. So here's a quick message from one of our sponsors, Flatlander Geofirm. Believe it or not, we have lots of concerns with the environment in West Texas. Soil testing, water conservation, erosion control, water contamination. You would not believe the amount of our playa lakes that are contaminated by the EPA standards. Flatlander Geofirm is the latest environmental consulting firm on the South Plains. If you're a farmer or a business owner or a homeowner, you cannot afford to go without knowing what's happening beneath your feet. You've made an investment. Protect that investment by consulting with Flatlander Geofirm. 
Contact Steve Rogers and the experts at Flatlander Geofirm for your environmental consultation today. Mention you listen to this show for 15% off your first consultation. Now, back to Karen wants to say something. In 1926, Lubbock and the country was flying high in the roaring 20s. A rising tide lifted all boats. The country saw unbelievable wealth. And the phrase, stock prices have reached what looks like a permanently high plateau, turned into famous last words. Black Monday, October 28, 1929. The market opens with a 13% slide. Black Tuesday, Another 13% loss. The slide continued on and off for three years until the summer of 1932. 90% of people's savings were lost. Banks closed around the country. 25% of people, 15 million Americans, had no job and no hope. It would take 20 years to recover the loss. On top of this devastating economic crisis, the U.S. was about to face an environmental nightmare. America's breadbasket was filling the world's demand for wheat. Farmers met this demand without any knowledge of crop rotation or soil science or the effects of monocropping on the soil. Growing wheat all year, every year, made the soil infertile with a lack of nutrients that other crops provide as they're grown. And then, in the depths of the Great Depression, the worst drought in American history struck the Great Plains. In some places, the rains didn't return for eight long years. Without the roots of wild grasses to protect it, dry topsoil could turn to dust and simply blow away. Crops withered and thousands became homeless at the worst possible time. It was truly devastating for people who were expecting a permanently high plateau just four years earlier. Lubbock put a halt to basically all road construction and improvements until 1935, nearly nine years later. The nation elected FDR in 1932. He was the president with a new deal for the American people. Personally, he's one of my favorite presidents and favorite people of all time. The social programs that he set up, we still use today. Think about your social security. If you have your money in a bank, it's it better be FDIC insured. If it's not, you're a dumbass. So the things that he did really set us up big time for the next decade, honestly. 100 years, even. So, as part of his New Deal, there were programs like the Civilian Conservation Corps and the Works Progress Administration. I'm singling out these two programs because these two programs single-handedly revolutionized Lubbock in the 30s. They are the programs that Lubbock officials used to fund Arbor Road projects, a state park, and provided electricity to the whole city. Gee, Thanks, big government. Our city's founders were just a bunch of welfare queens. No bootstraps. The federal government approved the applications, and the city of Lubbock got $300,000. Almost $4.5 million in today's money, after adjusting for inflation. They used this money to fund construction like roads, gutters, alleyways, electrical improvements, street lights, state parks, local parks, and a few other civic improvements. McKinsey Park and the roads are examples of where that money went, for example. At this time, the roads the Panhandle Construction Company built in 1920 only existed between the railroads and Avenue Q. 
from Lubbock High to the Municipal Building. The roads the WPA built nearly doubled the amount of roads we had in the city. The programs expanded the city borders from Avenue Q East to include Avenue A. There's some really good Mexican food down that street. And they extended the streets west to include College Ave, which is now University. They extended the streets north to include 4th Street, and they extended it south from 19th to 34th. The WPA funds nearly doubled the size of Lubbock's roads. The city made real good use of that government money. By this time, there were about 20 linear miles of brick road in the city, and a writer for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal in 1937, H.I. Kiefer, wrote, that stupendous paving projects continue to occur full steam ahead into the 40s. But as the US involvement in World War II became a priority and New Deal programs started to expire, road construction projects in Lubbock came to a major slowdown. By the end of the 30s, the New Deal programs had played a vital part in the development of the old two-horse town. The city looked physically different. Shining red brick roads lined the wide open country and electrical lines put up as part of the Rural Electrification Administration provided people with new ways to communicate and live. At the start of the decade, people were burning cow chips to keep their house warm. By the end of it, they had gas heating, new streets, running water, and were buying vacuum cleaners like everybody else. The New Deal had virtually changed every part of the growing communities around the hub city. As for the roads, they remained basically untouched until 2006. The city had a major renovation project that included replacing these brick roads with asphalt. The areas between 4th and 19th and Avenue Q to I-27 all were replaced with asphalt. These are the authentic 100-year-old red brick roads that were put in place by the Panhandle Construction Company in 1920. As they were ripping them out, they also designated them a historical landmark and created an Urban Design and Historic Preservation Commission run by volunteers to oversee their protection. Anybody can join that committee, you just have to fill out an application with the city. Today, a hundred years after the first brick roads were laid, there is renewed effort to replace all the brick roads because some of the roads aren't meeting code and repairs are expensive. Right now, the plan for the city is to remove the remaining brick roads and use the bricks for sidewalks and other public art projects. It is fair to say that there is a lot to think about when you're driving on those roads, besides how annoying they are. Well, that's our episode today. I really hope you enjoyed it.